This is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. It's Blockbuster Film School Office Hours. Office Hours. Office Hours. Well, everyone, welcome back. It is Blockbuster Film School Office Hours, and we have your favorite professor, Mr. Nicholas Souter. Hello. Hi. And your least favorite professor, Mr. Alex Bonner. Bonjour. I'm sorry I gave you an F, but you're an idiot. Listen up, team. We're doing something different here at the office hours this week. We've decided to go back in the time machine and then shoot you back to a certain year and talk about the Oscars from that year, the best pictures particularly, and see what we've decided is actually the best picture for that year. Nicholas? Do you like the Oscars? Not really. <laughs> this is going to go great. Um, you we, cannot like something and talk about it at length. Absolutely. It is movie history, though. You have to admit that. I feel like awards. <laughs> uh, if me, you will be my date on the red carpet, okay? All right. We'll both be wearing fabulous dresses. Gowns, really. Is this when we go to Checkers? Yes, that's right. We'll go to Checkers, yeah, a burger restaurant that hasn't existed in the city of Chicago in 20 years. All right. Well, this week we have chosen the year of 1999. We're going to party like it's 1999. We're going to tell you what the best picture nominations were and what the winner was and go into which ones we would recommend you still watch. It turns out during this quarantine, we love you. It is mayhem. You're still watching movies. Why not go back? Why not watch all of the classics as well as things that were told to us would be classics. Were they? I don't know. We'll find out. So, Nick, what were the uh, nominations for 1999? For 1999, we had Shakespeare in Love. Ooh. Life is Beautiful. Yes. Elizabeth. Yes. Saving Private Ryan. And The Thin Red Line. That's right. That's Back right. when there was only five and Y2K was a threat. Yes. And also, how do you feel about, just a little quick thing, do you like the 10 or you like you miss the five? I missed the five. I kind of missed the five. Narrow it down. <laughs> yes. Also, last year, this past Oscars, there was nine. Yes. I can't. <sighs> and did they all need to? I don't, I don't know. Like, you really don't know? I think it's, I mean, obviously, everyone knows it's a money grab. It's yeah, It's kind exactly. of a, yeah. it was just a couple more movies on there and see if people will go see them because the best picture. I don't yeah. know. But 1999 is kind of an interesting year for me because, spoiler alert, Shakespeare in Love won best picture. Was it your best picture of the year, Nick? Twas not. Twas not. Twas not. Twas not. If you had to just right off the top of your head, your own personal pick, what would you have picked of those five as the best picture of the year? Without a doubt, it would be a thin red line. Yes. I saw it twice in the theater. What is all this evil? It's mesmerizing. It's mesmerizing. It is by far Terrence Malick's best movie. It was a comeback movie for Terrence Malick. He had made a movie in 20 years or something. Yeah. He was living took a little break. He was living in a cave, learning Sasquatch magic or something. I don't, I, because also we were kids back then, but I distinctly remember it being one of the first Oscars I really watched intently because there were a lot of movies. I will also say this I think the last movie I ever saw at the Gulf Mill Movie Theater, RIP, which was an old movie palace in Niles, Illinois, I saw Steven Spielberg's Saving Private Ryan particularly on a big screen, particularly with a 35 millimeter print. And that Omaha beach scene 
by itself, the opening to Saving Private Ryan, I would not have been mad if that would have won. No. I could watch Saving Private Ryan right now. None of these movies are bad. No. That's also an element, I should say. Yes. There's going to be years down the line, 2006, (laughs) where... (laughs) Crash! (laughs) I coughed. We'll get into that. We'll do that one. Uh, don't cough too much, though. Yeah, don't wind up on the list. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I didn't. Go, I but, wasn't. Um, oh no, they're taking me. Away. It's just you by yourself for the rest. Of and super producer Brian Taps. Yes, not talking to a microphone. That's me. I am now keep, super producer keep Brian waving Tapps. at me. I like to rub butter all over myself. Vegan butter. V- yes, right. Please <laughs> get his weird sexual kinks and his diet correct. I like to be covered in butter and have people chase me and try to grab me. They can't. I'm so slippery. Anyways, no, Shakespeare in Love, not a bad movie. No. Elizabeth had Kate Blanchett. Mm-hmm. Love it. She got nominated for Best Actress. I think it's her first nomination yeah. for Best Actress. And then there was um, an insult to all Italians, but it was still a good movie. <laughs> and and Robert, he won anyways. He won. Yeah. He climbed on the seats like he some made it, jackass Pinocchio <laughs> who just escaped the Olive Garden. Cocaine. Yeah. Jackass Pinocchio. God damn it, man. I mean, but I remember that moment. I remember it. It's very memorable. Who would have thought that a coked up Italian making a scene would be memorable? <laughs> Anyways, so it comes down to, for me yes. and you to these two movies. And yeah, the opening of Saving Private Ryan. Yes. Literally, veterans were leaving the theater. I know. Because they were having flashbacks and PTSD, and it was so goddamn intense, and you watch it. And I remember when it came out on DVD, one of my friends who was going to Columbia for film school, Mm. they had to bring in a movie for sound, and he bought Saving Private Ryan because the rental was out just so he could bring it to school and show that opening scene. And with that, Saving Private Ryan won all of those awards. It won sound editing, best sound, best sound mixing. It won... Giannis, speaking of Columbia College Chicago, Giannis Kaminsky, who went to Columbia College Chicago, won Best Cinematography. He's kind of Steven Spielberg's main go-to cinematographer, and it looks unbelievable. Yeah. Some of the stuff in it seems preposterous. I'm not even sure. Some of those scenes where he follows a guy from a boat into the water while they get shot, and you're that's not even CGI. How's that happening? I mean, it's... It's like the best non-Scorsese Kubrick uh, Steadicam stuff ever. I mean... Steve Spielberg is in that pantheon, though. He is with Kubrick and Scorsese. I think we could put Mr. Steven Spielbergio right there. In terms I haven't of seen enough of his movies to really <laughs> gauge an opinion. I will give I this don't want to speak out of turn. I'll give this about Steve Spielberg. His stuff is so Hollywood and so wonderful and easy to digest in a way where you don't even realize when Steadicam is happening and long takes are happening sometimes because they're incorporated into wild-ass action sequences and things like that. You're watching this super long take, but you don't even realize that it's a bunch of kids riding bicycles trying to run away from the government with ET and you don't process that that's a three minute long single shot things like, you know what I'm saying? His, in my opinion, his best long take was in Jaws, Mm. Roy Schneider and the Mm. mayor and the fucking boat and the camera doesn't move. It's just the background keeps changing and they have this conversation that lasts for over 90 seconds. It's yes, it's wonderful. Perfect. Yeah. Like I said, I, I personally think in terms of execution, it might be Steven Spielberg's best movie. I realized- He did win Best Director. Yes, and it was one of those weird upsets where, look, I think we should go into this real quick before we keep gushing over the two war movies, but Shakespeare in Love is a good movie. 
it is a fun, interesting movie. It's not... It's interesting that it was put juxtaposed with the other movies it was with. Yeah. Because all these other movies are these very epic movies, even Elizabeth. And then you have Shakespeare in Love, which is about Bill Shakespeare and about Ben Affleck being Jacob Marlowe and one of the Fines brothers being Joseph Fines. Joseph Fines. This is, this is also, this movie is so good. People thought Joseph Fines was as good as his brother. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Rafe will come and beat us up. But- I mean, the last big Oscar one for Steven Spielberg had Ray Fiennes in it with Schindler's List. I mean, so it's kind of an interesting, also, like, John Madden directed it, not the... I can't come to the set. We got to take a bus. We're moving the whole thing out of England. Hey! Brett Favre could pick up a baseball with his foot. There's not a... That would have been a really interesting halftime yeah. for Madden 99. I would have... I will say this, John Madden loves to direct movies that Oscars like, you know, like Captain Corelli's Mandolin and the second Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. And he directs these sort of Oscar bait movies. And don't get me wrong. It's also kind of a thing where we talked about how romantic comedies never win Best Picture. And this time it did. But we need to talk about something else. Yes. The Oscars are very political, and mm. we're not going to mention any names of any convicted felons, <laughs> but this was released by Miramax. It was. And Miramax did PR and publicity yes. and Oscar campaigns like nobody fucking else. They were champs at I mean, honestly, yeah. it was almost like they had a big goon who would intimidate people and frighten them, and then they would vote for things he told them to vote for because he scared them. Almost like that was a guy who was one of the the guys who ran Miramax. Yeah. Know? Weird. I don't know. But that's <laughs> that's not necessarily to take away from Shakespeare in Love, but it doesn't age in the same way where people still talk about Saving Private Ryan and The Thin Red Line, yeah. I think. Because you mentioned the other movies this guy made, mm-hmm. John Madden mm-hmm. and Howie Long, but it's like... That 80s Raiders Super Bowl team. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, so like, Second Best Marigold Hotel, Captain Curly's Mandolin. Yes. Those are old people movies. They really are. Shakespeare in Love, when he made it, it was a future old people movie. I will say this. I remember renting it from Blockbuster because I was so invested, particularly in that year of movies. I watched all of those best pictures, and I remember enjoying it. I couldn't tell you what the shit happened. I think I remember that it sort of played around with ideas that I'm not even entirely sure were real of that Gwyneth Paltrow's character, Gwyneth Paltrow would win Best Actress for this movie, that she would play a man secretly, a la a lot of Shakespeare stuff, a lot of gender switching things, and then she would fall in love with Bill Shakespeare. And that there would be a kind of more gender positive spin put on how Shakespeare is always regarded, where it was always a weird patriarchy dude thing where men would only perform in Shakespeare. And I appreciate, I mean, I appreciate it. It's not a bad movie, but is it as crazily well executed as the thin red line? I mean, we're not even gushing over the thin red line on an office hours. I know we have to kind of keep this under wraps, but there's very few movies that while I'm watching them and like early on in the movie, it just sort of washes over you. Yes. How, amazing this movie is. Yes. And then you just have to sit there and try not to giggle mm. and freak out like an excited asshole yes. at a concert. Like, 
an hour into the thin red line, I thought I was like my teenage sister when she saw in sync. I was <laughs> yes. it was like it's you're watching something and play out in front of you and you're just like, oh my fucking God, this is really happening. Yes. This is really that movie. Yes. I saw it three times in the theater. I remember there's a shot where there's kind of literally people shooting at the screen yeah. and there are tracers. And I sort of ducked out of the way one time like a dork, but I remember just, I don't normally have that feeling. And then just, it would cut to these strangely beautiful scenes of Nick Dolte and Sean Penn, just sitting in the high grass talking. And I know it's not exactly, or I don't know. I don't know what the Pacific theater was like. Was it like this? I don't know. And Jim Caviezel is some sort of weird ghost Jesus and the music uh, the score. Hans Zimmer music still sticks in the ha na 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 ha na 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 and then they create an orchestral score around this and you start to think to yourself Jim Caviezel is this character who keeps running away from the army during the Pacific Theater and you agree with him it's about deserting war and being forced into war and what the fuck is any of this it's I understand that it's not necessarily Oscar bait, but Terrence Malick is a master. He is. Or what? I don't know. He was. Is sometimes. Let's, let's be honest. He was. <laughs> yes. I haven't seen his newest movie, yes. but when you're fast forwarding through, what is it? Knight of Cups? What yeah, is that fucking I know. movie? I know. <laughs> yes. I was not, fast forwarding through yes. it just so I could find Brian Dennehy. Yes. I was like, where is he? Where is he? All right, I can't watch any more of this. Or when you're watching The New World for the first hour and a half, and, and you're it's saying it's amazing. amazing, and then you have to watch an entire other hour and a half where you go, what, what is what's yeah. going on? And then it just is, and you have to watch that movie where Brad Pitt is mean to his kids, and he calls- of life. But he called one of his kids a fine-feathered friend, which I did appreciate. The idea of an abusive dad. <laughs> Who's Brad Pitt? Yeah. Oh, no, dad, Brad Pitt. I saw that in theaters, and the moment that- Terrible CGI dinosaur popped up. I'm like, <laughs> this is not the thin red line. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Also, I feel like I'm the only person who's going to say this ever on a podcast. Yes. Have you guys seen Song the Song? No. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so terrible. I know. I, that's the, Dude, I will say this about Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick has made a few movies that are, in my mind, in that pantheon of kind of Kubrick, P.T. Anderson, Absolutely. Akira Kurosawa, kind of masterworks, masterworks. But I don't think any of those guys ever created anything as dumb on the lower end of their no, career. Absolutely. You're right. And I think that's what kind of blew my mind of, I don't know what the fuck Terrence. Is. Yeah. Dude, like take 20 years off. Dude, dude, make another thinner line. Yes. Like I, maybe that's why maybe he just has to take a while. The original cut of the thinner line was five or six hours. Mm. I would give anything to oh, see a finished cut of that. Yes. I would give you $30 to turn off song to song 15 minutes in if you were forcing me to watch it at gunpoint. There are crazy stories about how Adrian Brody got cast as the quote-unquote lead in yeah. The Thin Red Line, and they entirely cut his storyline. They did. Instead made it the Jim Caviezel storyline, which I agree with, but he, he brought his mom. He, yes. he told everybody he's the lead in this the new Terrence Malick movie. They I go know. to the premiere. He's in it for 20 minutes. But then also, not convicted felon, but just actual felon, Polanski knew he was in a Terrence Malick movie as the lead, cast him in The Pianist because of it. Yeah. Then he won Best Actor. 
And then he did his own thing where he sucked and then did not do movies. I don't know what the hell happened to Adrian Brody. Also, Adrian Brody, friend of the show, come on, we'll cast you in something. I don't know what the hell happened to you, but you're so he good. started making beats. I, you know what? But I also saw him in a lot of really weird independent stuff that I liked him in, but it just never was hits. It just never was no. hits. And it just kind of fell apart. Not necessarily the jacket, but there were a lot of like weird movies that he tried and they just didn't work. And he's one of those guys where it wouldn't blow my mind though if Adrian Brody at one point had a comeback as a like an older actor or something. Like yeah. it wouldn't because he's so good. He is. And even the little bit he has in the thin red the he's thin great. red the thin red line has uh, do you like an actor? Because they're in the thin red line. John or Cus- or do you like an actor? They were cut from the thin red yeah, line. Seriously, John Cusack is in it for a minute. Uh Nolte. George Clooney. Elias Codius has a kind of awesome he does. Little, he has he has he, a nice role. The first act. I mean, it's amazing. And even Jim John Caviezel. C. Riley. Yes. Jim Caviezel and Nick Nolte and Sean Penn obviously kind of steal that whole yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, it's but you movie. have Nick Nolte. I saw this movie and I was watching Nick Nolte screaming to that phone and you could see his veins yes. and his neck and his forehead. And I was like, if he doesn't die naturally and, during this scene, he's the best actor and ever. I don't know how they did it because some of that you can see bullets hit pieces of leaves and leaves pop. And I don't know how they would do that necessarily other than some sort of actual projectile. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I I know at that point, 1998, George Lucas is making fully CGI movies, but that's not what Terrence Malick is doing. No, this is like a two and a half hour poem. I have no idea. And it's so well written and it's so cool. And I, as a nerd, as a kid, just sat there being like, well, the Thin Red Line is going to win. But even as I get older, though, I will say... After the Omaha Beach scene in Saving Private Ryan, it does kind of turn into the best John Wayne movie of all time. Yeah. It's still about the good guys trying to save somebody, and then at the end, the cavalry comes in just as one of the main heroes dies. Spoiler alert. I'm not going to say who it is. It's Vin Diesel. Uh, fuck him. And uh, He's not a hero in any movie. I got die in the movie. I got friends. I got family. <laughs> Don't die. <bro>. Duh. <laughs> Giovanni Rabisi's really good in it. Yeah. When the Astros came around, mm. I didn't think anything could beat Saving Private Ryan. Mm. I, I still think Thin Red Line's a better movie, but I didn't yes. think there's any way that it would beat Saving Private Ryan. I agree. And it's still one of those weird ones where they mm. went, so much of that movie is so... Tom Sizemore not being a psycho? I mean, but being a psycho? Yeah. I remember Tom Sizemore picking up the dirt with his hand and putting it in his little canisters that have the markers on them of like Africa, Europe, you know, and just putting them and Spielberg having this nice touch. Also Jonathan Davies, who I like a lot. That fucking worm. That's the first time I ever saw him though. And I, I liked him a lot. I, I mean, so I'm in spanking the monkey first <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this guy, I like this guy. And the end of the movie is like, yo, fuck him. <laughs> he does blow it. He does. Yeah. blow it, But Tom Hanks. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Tom Hanks. He's in it. Oh, the guy from uh, uh, Bosom Buddies. There's no joke here. Yeah, Bosom Buddies. <laughs> There's no joke. Tom Hanks is amazing. Is. You and I just watched that, rewatched that thing you do two days ago. Yes. Tom Hanks, direct a fucking movie, but I get it. He's a one hit wonder of a director. Yes. He did it on purpose. Oh my God, that's blowing my mind. Oh my God, he did that on purpose. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. He literally just showed up to direct one of the cooler more understated, perfectly directed movies of all time and just sort of yeah. knocked it out. And then that was it. That's it. Oh, that's, hold on a second. I'm having a stroke. Uh, 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 taps, take over. Uh, uh, uh. He's just waving at me. Okay. Anyway, I recovered. 
I think we should, so we're not quite so dude-tastic. Have you seen Elizabeth, though? Yeah. I will watch anything Kate Blanchett is in. Yes, she's amazing in it. I'll watch it with the sound off and the, captioning on. I don't give a shit. I would also say that. That part where they try to assassinate her on the boat is one of the craziest, also, period piece scenes I've ever seen. Yeah. Elizabeth is an amazing movie. It's, <laughs> like, blows my fucking mind. Also, that year, The Truman Show came out, and Ed Harris got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and Peter Weir got nominated for Best Director, and it did not get nominated for Best Picture. I mean, there's... Just so much that came out that year. So wait, which movie did get nominated for Best Director that got nominated for Best Picture? So the ones that got nominated for Best Director were Steven Spielberg, who won. Yeah. Life is Beautiful, Roberto Benigni, he won Best Actor. Shakespeare in Love, John Madden. Thin Red Line, Terrence Malick, The Truman Show, Peter Weir. So Elizabeth did not yeah. get nominated. And I think it was just Shakespeare in Love. Then no, nominated. Terrence Malick did not get nominated for Best Director. Excuse me? Yeah. Say that again. Terrence Malick did not get nominated for Best Director. Okay. So. We're driving to California, <laughs> and we're going to beat the fuck out of somebody. That's almost a testament to how good The Thin Red Line is, where they had to nominate it for stuff. They had to. It was so fucking good. But they couldn't give it awards because they just were so mad at Terrence Malick or something. I, you know what I'm saying? Because he's such a weirdo. And everyone saw it. Everyone knew how good it was, but they couldn't bring themselves to really let it win or truly let it get nominated for, but Peter, or, but the Truman show was a great, all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, no, no. I mean, I get it. It's not the thin red line, No, but also they could have seen an early cut of to the wonder starring Ben Affleck and be like, no, this is it. This they could have also seen a, an early cut of tree of life. They already had an anticipation. They were like, yeah, yeah this asshole pulled one out of his ass. He hit a three point, you know, like over his head jump shot, and um, his first three <laughs> movies are half court shots. Yes, yes, and then everything else is just missed layups. Mm-hmm. Honestly, honestly, and I get the feeling like people might have gotten screwed by Terrence Malick. Like they gave him like twenty million dollars in pre-production, and then he just was like, "Oh, you know what? I actually am not into this. I have to live in a cabin by myself for four years." And they're like, "We give you twenty million bucks." He's like. Yes, but I wasn't feeling it. That's how he talks. He's English now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, I, he's American. Yeah. Right. I thought he was from Detroit. Ooh. I'm, I'm probably wrong, but it seems right to me. That sounds right. Anyway, we're cutting this short because this is a office hours. And I think this will be fun. We'll do these some more. I like these a lot. Yeah. Um, so 1999, what is your best picture of 1999? My best picture pick for 1999, without even thinking about it, it's, yeah. it's a thin run line. It's a thin run line. Yeah. I agree. I am in simpatico. I will say this. Of Best Pictures, it's one of those better ones. I don't think any of those movies are bad. No. Rent the Thin Red Line first. Mm -hmm. Then rent Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Then go back and see Saving Private Ryan. Don't watch two war movies back to back. No. I would even say, here's one in quarantine, though. I think, here's a weird bit, Shakespeare in Love is going to be a little more fun. It will be. And you're not going to feel shitty. You're not going to pay attention to it for parts of it. That's, let's be honest. You're going to go do the right. dishes. You're going to mm-hmm. take something out of the oven. You're mm-hmm. going to come back and be like, oh, this is the only scene I remember from the trailer where they're unspinning her and taking off her top. You know what's crazy, though, is some of the Ben Affleck scenes are amazing. Him as Jacob Barlow. I loved him as the dickhead co-writer, producer. Strange. Strange that he's good at that. And speaking of which, Matt Damon is yeah. in Saving Private Ryan. You know what's weird? We have two. We have two war movies where, spoiler alert, kind of the hero dies at the end. But the most depressing out of all of them is Life Is Beautiful. 
Yeah. God. <laughs> like, life is beautiful is brutally sad, even though it is a quote unquote comedy, but in the Commedia dell'arte sort of style of European, particularly Italian theater of. The, I'm sure you picked this up from everything mm, else, but also just living with me for so many years. Mm, Every Italian is depressed. I know, but they're also fun. I know. It's fun. And it's, a, it's a European thing where it's like yes. you get taught when you have European parents very early on, you're going to die. Yeah. We're all going to die. <laughs> this is all going to be over right. soon. You could die any second. You might die at the end right. of this sentence. Ha- so you're still alive. Have yeah. fun. Have fun. You're Caesar now. They literally named Caesar after you. They would call a lot of kings Czar or Caesar after you, but at some point your best friend and his buddies are going to stab the shit out of you. Yeah. And you're not going to see it coming. Best case scenario. Best case scenario. (laughs) Yeah, I agree, but I would say 1999, all five solid year. Secret sixth one, The Truman Show. I'm watch these movies. Yes, watch these movies. Watch every single one of those movies. Life is Beautiful is the saddest. Probably the most fun is Shakespeare Love. Shakespeare Love. Yeah. But I think Steven Spielberg has an amazing ability to kind of make weird things interesting and fun. And I think there's, in a way, Saving Private Ryan is extremely watchable. Oh, yeah. It's it's a masterpiece. Yes, agreed. It's a masterpiece year for kind of all of those directors, which is wild. So that's why we picked it. Now, Listen, if you're still listening, please, the Blockbuster Film School, we love all of you. We set up a Patreon. If you feel like hitting us up for a couple bucks a month, please do. If you like subscribing, liking us, we would love to. We'd love to have you. We love doing this for you guys. Times are dark, but you know what? We're not. We're going to keep doing this shit. We're going to keep doing it. I'm, I'm pretty dark. Well, I know you're extremely dark. You're extremely goth. Nick is wearing white I face makeup. telling you. Crow, it's like the crow. not goth. It's new waves. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know. I know. I understand. I like New Order, too. Okay, so please do. Please, we're begging you. Check out our Patreon. Or, at the very least, the show will always be free. Hit us up. Subscribe. Hit us up on Instagram. Instagram's kind of our main conduit on social media. That's where we do most of our social media-ing. So, we love you guys. And we'll keep doing this. And we'll see you next week. Nick, you got any parting thoughts on 1999? You motherfuckers, get a time machine, go back, nominate Terrence Malick. He's yeah. not going to win. He's not going to win. But God yeah. damn it, 1999. God, I know. I know. I know. Well, That and um, stay out of Columbine. Yes. Also, yes. Don't go to Columbine High School. Was, that, yeah, that's not going to go so hot. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> just look. If that stays in. Look, do drugs, be excellent to each other, and party on. <laughs>